Hey friends, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. I am a therapist on a mission to bridge the gap between mental and emotional health and faith. This show is a safe and often fun space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Remember, these episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your own therapist. You can tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes that are always 15 minutes or less. And on Wednesdays, we sprinkle in guest interviews with people I feel have a story that can bring you hope, healing, inspiration, or just a good laugh. Be sure you stick around until the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest is one I've known online for a while and who I knew was the very best person to come on the show and have some real talk about the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you a little bit about Becky Thompson. She is a best-selling author and the creator of the Midnight Mom devotional community, gathering more than one million moms in nightly prayer. She speaks to the struggle of balancing life as a wife, mother, and daughter of God, and she has become a voice for modern Christian womanhood. Becky lives in Oklahoma with her husband, Jared, and their three children. Well, today we're discussing the topic of Becky's latest book, God So Close, Experience a Life Awakened to His Spirit. Friends, if you are tired of doing things in your own strength, this episode is for you. Please help me welcome Becky to the show. Well, hello, Becky. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be chatting with you. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. And our listeners always love to know, I ask all my guests this question, what is a fun or random fact about you that we would not read in your professional bio? Oh, well, how about this? There is a jazz children's singer named Howard Hanger. And when I was in the fourth grade, I got to sing backup on an album called Dog Breath. So that is a fun fact about me that really appears nowhere other than right here. That's awesome. Okay. Is there still, can you access that anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. I think you can, I think it's on Spotify. I played it for my kids the other day. Any kid you hear singing in the background of that track is, is me as well. I'm a group of like four, but That's so I had fun. a lot of very odd, fun experiences when I was young that just were very random when you added them all up. I had my art from art class made into a billboard. I got to meet the governor. It was just, yeah, I had a lot of fun opportunities like that. Being on the album is one of my favorite weird brags. <laughs> that is a fun brag. Okay. Do you still sing at all? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> no, I, that, that began and ended with that singular jazz children's album. Yeah. Now uh, you and I also share a kind of random fun fact in that I, I grew up in Oklahoma as well, and you live there, which I think that I don't meet many people who grew up in Oklahoma in my space. So that's fun. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you have written, what number book is this for you? This is eight. This is book eight. This is book eight. Wow. wow. Did, you, did you ever <laughs> see yourself growing up to write books? No, I didn't. No, I thought that I would. Well, I wanted to be a revivalist. That is the word that I use when I go and speak 
in some churches, in other churches, I just say I wanted to be in ministry in some form. But in, in reality, I just wanted to carry the presence of God into a situation where people had once known or encountered him, but their heart for him had become heavy or their passion had burnt out. So I thought that I was going to travel the world with a husband and preach and teach and do all those fun things. Um, I did not see that work translating into books, but the Lord had other plans. Yeah, and that's cool because I just think books, it does that as well. It's a different vehicle, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's not in the same format. All right, I have to, we have got to talk about revival. I posted about this on Instagram. So you and I uh, both were part of the Brownsville revival. Can you share a little bit about that, your experience there? And we can talk about mine too. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, my parents always made sure that if God was moving in a specific way, like, you know, in what we might consider revival type services today, where he was coming in um, power or presence and lives are being changed different than a regular Sunday service or whatever. I never like to assume that like a listener knows what I mean when I say revival, but that God had shown up in an unusual way that we were there. That's what my family made sure of. My parents, you know, drove us to these things. So when we heard about Brownsville and what was going on there, they loaded up the minivan. My mama earned selling Tupperware and drove us to Florida. And I think we attended, I want to say we attended two services, but I, I just remember the one very plain I think I was 10 years old and we had to wait outside for hours and hours and hours in the sun. And uh, when the doors opened at 7 p.m. or whatever time that ended, just the evening service opened up, everyone was just hoping they'd get a spot inside. And um, that is really where I encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time for myself in a real tangible way that marked me. And I knew that no one could ever convince me that he wasn't real or he didn't come close because I had met him for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I had a bit of a similar experience, except for my parents uh, were pastors. And so my dad actually was one of their, the Brownsville Revival's traveling evangelist. And so we actually lived in Florida. Like we picked up and moved to Florida for my eighth grade year and lived there. And uh, we were there every night, seven, seven days a week. And here's the crazy thing. So I was 13 years old. And to your point, yeah, it's it was I experienced the Holy Spirit and the Lord's presence in ways that I had never experienced before. But I think back and I think about a 13 year old and I never griped to my parents that, oh, we got to go to church again. Like, oh, I craved it. I was like, yes, let's go. And we would be there till midnight. And yeah, so it was just a very influential time of my life. And what's cool about that, though is I don't even, I know at the time, I'm just now, you know, a couple decades later, seeing fruit that came out of my time there. And so that's what, you know, I want to talk about with you today. So your book, we haven't even talked about the title of it, is God So Close. And I just want to talk about, that was an experience we got to have. But for the listeners who go, well, I wasn't there, you know, like (laughs) I I want us to talk about, okay, the Holy Spirit. And how, yeah, he was there at that revival, but he's still here today, even as I sit here and I talk to you. And so let's talk about the Holy Spirit and wherever you want to start there, but just um, in how you have now, even in your adult years, still felt his presence and his power with you wherever you go. Well, you know, that encounter at Brownsville and then the subsequent ones that followed were experiential in a lot of ways. 
I felt him. I encountered him. All the things that would happen if you met a person face to face. It was real. He was there. But I guess the foundational teachings um, outlined in scripture helped me understand who had come close, who this God was that I had encountered. So I had the experience, which is great, but the knowledge that supports what I went through, what who I met, really made in retrospect, those encounters richer because I realized, wow, this is the holy God who came close. This wasn't just a feeling. This was God himself. And so really when starting any conversation with the Holy Spirit, I think it's really, really important for everybody to get on the same page in that the Holy Spirit is co-equal member of the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, We like to make their be a hierarchy for our minds to sort of wrap around, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when all three are co-equal and co-eternal and there isn't really a hierarchy. So that means that if the Holy Spirit shows up, it should stir in my heart the same type of adoration and awe as if Jesus were to walk into the room. I mean, I think there's a lot of hesitancy around the Holy Spirit because we're afraid of getting him wrong, getting our experience wrong, wondering if it's actually him because he doesn't have a body. And so when he comes close, how do we know that this is God who's inspiring these responses from people? But really, the more we dig into scripture and look at what Jesus said about him, the richer our understanding is, and the more we know Jesus, the better we know Jesus in response. So the first thing I like to make sure all of us understand is that the Holy Spirit is co-equal, co-eternal, but also a person. You know, he has a mind, he has a will, he has emotions. And when he comes, he doesn't have the confines of flesh like Jesus did to keep him in one place, but it doesn't make him any less of a personal being. Uh, when we want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I think it's really hard to have a relationship with wind or fire or breath and all of these things used to describe him. But if we go, he is a person that I can know, then my heart is open to how do I get to know him? Yeah. And why do you think in your experience, you know, in ministry, but also just in writing this book, that like you said, so many people are all for God, all for Jesus. But then when you bring up the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's kind of like, I'm not sure, you know, why has he gotten a bad name over the years that you have seen? (laughs) Sure. Well, you know, I think, um, well, let's just be honest. It's real talk, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people have expressions that seem radical when God comes close. I think of people throughout scripture and when they were in the manifest presence of God did radical things. And so when the Holy Spirit comes close today, I think people don't want to lose control. They don't want to feel like they're out of control. They want to remain in full control. I mean, really the word is control of themselves. And um, yet If Jesus were to walk into the room, and I keep going back to this because it's so true. If Jesus were to walk into the room, you might do something wild. You might wash his feet with your tears and dry it with your hair. You might, you know, you might lavish your love on him in a radical way. And so I think because 
because he doesn't have flesh. And when he comes, others can't prove it was him and question, you know, was that him or not him? There is hesitancy. And yet I'm reading through scripture, uh, Rachel, and I'm looking at all of the times that Jesus did things that were like, odd, like spitting into dirt and making mud and putting it on the man's eyes. There's another story in Mark we overlook where there was a man uh, who was deaf and had an impediment of speech and Jesus sticks his fingers in his ears and then spits on his fingers and touches his tongue and tells him to be, you know, says be opened. And I'm thinking these are radical odd moments. And yet, because Jesus did them, we're okay. Um, So when the Holy Spirit comes, and I feel like I went down a trail there, but I think it's just important to say that God is not confined by our expectations. And it feels like every other aspect of following him, we try to put into a box. But when the Holy Spirit comes in power and we allow him to move in whatever way he wants to move, that is what full surrender looks like. And so where people want to hold on and say, I have, I have control of the situation and the Holy spirit wants to come and just move in amazing ways. I think this is really the root of the hesitancy. And and on top of that, I think the enemy really wants, wants us to not know about the power that's available through the Holy spirit. So he warns, be careful, you know, and we think that we are, we think that we're doing our Christian diligence to, you know, look out for something that might not actually be God when we're throwing out so much power out of fear, really. Absolutely. Thank you for the real talk, because I think you said some things that a lot of us are thinking, but maybe don't know if we could say out loud. And I appreciate that. And yeah, I disagree with every everything you said. Um, I, that sounded like I said, I disagree. I was I said, <laughs> I just agree, not I disagree. I just agree. I here. Disagree. <laughs> I was like, I was like well, this was might like, be no. an interesting conversation. Yeah. <laughs> disagree, 100%. No, I just agree. I need to separate my words a little bit. All right, let's go back to the control piece. I really want to go there for a second because th- this is something, the control and the power that we realize that we're missing out on I don't know about you, but I have met so many people, I mean, all throughout my life, but especially as of late, especially in what I do as a counselor and as a parent and all my circles that I'm in, that what they're doing isn't working. You know, like they're striving super hard. And let's put me in that box. I I have areas where I'll be striving super hard. And then it's almost like the Holy Spirit will tap me on the shoulder because he's a gentleman. You know, he doesn't take territory that we won't let him have. And he'll be like, would you like me to help you with that? (laughs) Because if you would let me come in and give you some revelation in this area and give you a fresh perspective, give you an idea that only could have come from me, things could go much easier and smoother. Uh, And that's how I know for me when I'm struggling, sometimes I have to pause and be like, hold on, Holy Spirit, can you show me what to do here? Can you give me a vision? Can you show me another way? And honestly, most of the time, the things he shows me are, they're not always weird, but they're things that I would not in my natural mind have thought to do or to say. I think that's entirely true and accurate. And, um, you know, last night I was in one of my kids' rooms and he just said, sit down. 
I was coming in to do something and drop something off and I was in a hurry and I was in a rush and he said, sit down. And there were no other instructions and there was no profound moment that I can point to in the conversation or the minutes that followed, but I was obedient and I knew it was a recentering of perspective. Whatever is happening here as I'm sitting is holy, is important, is significant. And so, like you said, the Holy Spirit, when we are invited into these moments of, do you want me to help you? Is there something I can, you know, take off your shoulders because I'm very willing, says the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm very capable. Um, I want to offer peace. I want to offer comfort. I want to offer strength. This is the God that I know. And yet so many view him as wild and reckless and coming in with, like you said, who's going to, like, he's going to take place and do things through us that we don't want to happen. And we'll be out of control when the reality is it's an invitation to partner with him, to know him better, to love him in a way that we can only love him as he helps us love him because there is nothing we can do for God apart from God. And that includes loving him in response. So you're right. I think that these ordinary moments of just listening to and following his leading and inviting him into our ordinary lives. This is what a life awakened to his spirit looks like. It doesn't look out of control. It looks like being in more control actually than you have been in your whole life because you allowed God who knows all things, who loves you to lead you. You said a phrase just there, a life awakened to him. I really like that phrase, awakened to him, because it is sometimes like we're just sleeping in this area a bit. And that's really like what I'm feeling impressed upon my heart. This isn't the first time I've brought up this type of conversation on the show because it's just a a topic that's near and dear to my heart because I do feel like we miss out on so much in life. And, you know, we, we carry more burden than we really were ever intended to carry because we're not tapping into the help. I mean, he's a helper, you know, <laughs> like he's our, he's our helper. He's our friend. He's our comforter. And so we talked a little bit about why sometimes people, you know, maybe feel a little weird about the Holy Spirit, but now I would love to lean into some of these stories. I know I could share several, but even just what your life actually looks, how does it look different in these moments, like you gave the example of he told you to sit down. Like I cannot tell you the number of times when I've listened to the vo- that still small voice of the Holy Spirit saying, mm, go this way or go go here for coffee. And then you meet somebody that you're like, whoa, how'd that happen? Just all these little things that appear to be so little, yet they're unraveling this beautiful picture of a life led by the Holy Spirit. And that's something I have to train myself to stop and listen to his voice because I have my days where I just get up and I go and I'm out of there and I don't consult with any with him and 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 I do my own thing and then I have to pause and go hold on wait holy spirit you're welcome here I would love your advice so do you have any other stories you'd want to share just about like times when the holy spirit gave you some revelation or something where you just listened to his voice Oh, yeah. Um, Man, I've got a lot. So I'm thinking, which one is my favorite to share? There was a moment when I lived in California, and I was 
working on listening to the Holy Spirit not just for myself, but for others, how to hear what the Holy Spirit wanted to share with the world around me, because I had gotten to a place in my life where I, I was confident that I knew his voice for me. I knew his voice for what I needed to do. I knew what he sounded like. And more than that, it was just like, like you can pick your parents voice out of a crowded room. You can know when your kids are calling you mama, even though there's a room of 30 Uh, So I knew him well for myself, but I wanted to listen. God, what in your merciful compassion do you want to say to this person that's in front of me? If I could share your heart with them right now, what would you say? So I was practicing that, practicing listening for his love really is how I put that. And I was at a coffee shop in California and there was a man sitting next to me. And as I looked at him, I thought the name, well, I thought his name. I just, I had a thought of a name. So he's having a conversation on the phone and I wait for him to finish. And we're sitting like in a little seating area. You know, there's like chairs sort of around and uh, he's in one big comfy chair. I'm across this giant coffee table on another comfy chair. And I look up and after he finishes the conversation and I said, I'm so sorry, this is going to sound a little odd probably, but can I just share something with you? I learned that in California, that place more specific than the Midwest where I live now, people were very open to spiritual encounters. They're, they're very open, the ones that I you know met, encountered, um, to things spiritual. Maybe not what we would consider you know spiritual or godly, but they were open and curious. So it was an aspect of their lives that they would listen to. So I said, I'm having a spiritual moment. And I just feel like there are some words I need to share with you. And I told him what God had placed on my heart. And then I let him know, Jesus asked me to share this with you. I felt like, you know, the voice of God wanted me to share that with you. And we're sitting there and it's so odd because he's like, "Uh, thanks. You know, like, I don't really know what to do with that. I wish I could say, you know, Rachel, that he was like, amazing. This is transforming my life. If only, you know, how did you know? Or how did God know? And all the things, but I just shared encouragement that God had put on my heart to share with him. Godly scriptural encouragement is what I said to him. And at the end of the conversation, I said, you know, I'm just so sorry. I never introduced myself. I'm Becky. And he said, oh, hello, I'm, and it was the name that God had told me. I mean, I, he, God knows everything. God knows it all. And so I love that moment because it, it opens up my heart to God. If you know the names of all of these people that I walk past in a crowd every day, you know, their stories, you know, their heartaches and you want to touch them. You want to speak to them. How can we partner together? How can I be a better listener for the world around me? I think often we look at well, what does this relationship with the Holy Spirit mean for me? Or, you know, what do I get out of it that I didn't have before? And I, I think as we grow in maturity, we look toward how does the world around me need me to know God as deeply and as personally as I can? How does my family benefit from my deeper relationship with God? How does my husband benefit? How do my children benefit? How can my how can my family experience God's love through what I know of him to be true? Thank you for that perspective because I agree it's it is easy just to make it all about us, but man, when you take it and you turn it outwards and you ask them 
you know, I know I do that all the time in counseling before I even enter a session. I'm like, okay, Lord, you have to show me because if it's just Rachel entering the room, I don't care how many, how much training you have, how many credentials you have. Like as humans, we can only see so much because we see with human eyes and he sees things that we don't, you know, he can see. And so we can do that anywhere. And I, I have so many experiences of that with my kids where human flesh Rachel wanted to shut down and not be present and, you know, just go tuck away. And then the Holy Spirit's like, you need to go talk to your daughter. Oh, but I don't want to. I'm so tired, you know, and that, but I do it. And it's like all this stuff comes pouring out. And so, yeah, that gift is not just for us. It's for all those that he puts into our life around us, which is very powerful. So you talk in your book about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to uh, briefly discuss those for the listeners? Absolutely. Well, first of all, the very first thing I like to say when discussing the gifts of the Spirit is that they are still active and present in the body of Christ today. And we know this is true because the Holy Spirit as the gift is still active and present in our lives today. And as he moves through us in supernatural giftings, these are the gifts of the Spirit that God has given us. I love the evidence that Jesus or that God provides in scripture when Paul's speaking to the Roman church and Paul's speaking to the church at Corinth. He's not saying, I want to explain to you that gift that you have gifts. He's saying, you know, those gifts that you have, here's how to use them. And I feel like that is a model for today's church. It's this understanding, Hey, you have gifts because you have the Holy spirit poured out in you and through you. Now let's talk about how to properly use them and why the body of Christ needs you to know how to use them. There is so much talk today, Rachel, about knowing yourself, knowing your personality trait, knowing how you can interact with others based on your personality trait. And while I think that's informative and enlightening and helps us get perspective so we know how we can better interact with others, how much more would the world benefit from us knowing the gifts that God has given us so we can pour those out and be used by the Holy Spirit? There's this moment in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the book by C.S. Lewis, when Father Christmas comes. And if you have, the listener hasn't read this book, it's really a, a simple allegory of a Christian life in a lot of ways. It's not perfect, but it's a great allegory. So Father Christmas comes and he gives these gifts to these children on their journey to defeat the evil queen with the help of the lion. And he tells the children, these are gifts, but they are tools and not toys bear them well. And as I was reading that story again, I was thinking about the gifts the Holy Spirit gives us, these special giftings, and they are to us so that he can move through us. And so if I've been given these tools, then it is my responsibility to listen to the Holy Spirit, to learn how to use them so that the body as a whole can be whole and can have all the resources we need as a whole to function in our fullness. I have to repeat that one phrase you just said, they are gifts to us so he can move through us. I love that. Like I just, I'm like, listeners, soak that in because they are gifts and they're not just meant to be gifts that just I tuck away under my desk and keep here, you know, don't open them yeah. and just look at them under the tree all year long. No, they're gifts for us to open, use for ourselves, and then let them move on through us uh, to other people. That's powerful. 
Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any gifts that you feel like um, that you want to touch on, like specific ones, or you want them just to read it, read your um, book? Because they need to get your book anyways. We're almost out of time. So <laughs> like, <laughs> we want them to get the book, but you know, I feel like we could, it's so much to unpack and I don't want to look like we're, you know, just focusing on. So, I mean, not unless you want to discuss certain ones. No, uh, no, I like it because like you said, I don't want to rush through them. I, I want mm -hmm. um, you guys just, you need to get the books because here's my heart for today's conversation. I pray that you listeners are hearing the Holy Spirit, even just speaking through us and to you today, even in this conversation. Uh, whenever I sit down for these conversations, I make a list of questions, but I do always pray. My listeners may not know this is, I mean, I don't pray this out. You know, we don't record the prayer, but I always pray that the Holy Spirit will just have us talk about the things that he knows the listeners need to hear. Not that Rachel and Becky have on our agenda, right? Because I can always come with my own little agenda and my own goals in mind. But then we just submit to him. So if you're listening today, here's what this says. The Holy Spirit is, he's just so sweet. He has an invitation for you to say, hey, daughter, I would love to go deeper with you. I would love to be part of your daily life. I would love to show you all the gifts that I have deposited in you. I'd love to help you unwrap your gifts that I've, you know, so beautifully de hand delivered to you and show you how to use those. So with that in mind, Becky, as we do finish up here, do you have any just word of encouragement for the listeners today? I think it's important for our listeners to remember that they already know the Holy Spirit, that if they have a relationship with Jesus, that it was the Holy Spirit who drew them into that relationship. They already hear his voice because they have been prompted into following Jesus, told by the Holy Spirit, pulled by the Holy Spirit into this relationship. So this is just this is like turning on the lights and seeing who is already in the room. This is knowing the Holy Spirit as Jesus knew him, fully present, fully alive, fully powerful. And if Jesus said that it was good for him to go so that the Holy Spirit could come. And if Jesus told his disciples, you know him for he has been with you and he will be with you. And if Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans, but I will come to you then we can trust that this is how Jesus comes close to us. This is how we can know our Savior. This is how we can experience the closeness of our God. He loves you, and he is going to lead you into everything that's coming next. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I received that. That's beautiful. Now, where can listeners obviously get a copy of the book, but also connect with you online and learn more about all the other things that you have to offer? Sure. I think the easiest way is just to go to beckythompson.com, my website. There's links to my socials and um, my other books and resources. But also I have an online community of praying moms at Midnight Mom Devotional on Facebook. And there's 1.6 million of us now that pray online each night. And that's a great community to join. Oh, how fun. Yay. All right. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Well, Becky, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate you taking time and I'm just excited for the listeners to get to know you and, and read your book. Thank you again for having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. 
This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. Let's get started by answering this simple question, but don't think too deeply about it. What comes up for you when we discuss the topic of the Holy Spirit? Be honest. Consider writing your answer down if you're able to. And then I want you to answer this question. What do you want to come up when you think of the Holy Spirit? My friends, I am passionate about teaching you to hear the Holy Spirit for yourself and just to have him be an active part of your life. I was recently having brunch with a friend and somehow this topic of the Holy Spirit came up. That's how you know you have a good friend when your topics are around things that are of the Lord and just fun, deep topics like this. And her and I were discussing, and actually she's the one who made the comment, and I totally agreed with her, that it breaks our heart when we see Christians walking around trying to do things in their own strength without the help of the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I don't get very far in my own strength. So I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit is a helper. He's a friend. He's there to comfort and guide and give wisdom. He's not there to shame or to make us look ridiculous or any of the things that unfortunately we may have received poor messaging, whether it be through whatever format that might have been, no matter what. We all have some sort of perspective of the Holy Spirit, which is why I asked you to honestly evaluate what do you believe about him? And maybe it might be time to kind of do some research, dig in, wrestle it out, and read some good books. Get Becky's book. Another book I'd recommend is by Robert Morris called The God I Never Knew. There's so many resources out there that can help you just start to learn more about the Holy Spirit. But of course, I always love to go back to the original resource, and that's the Bible. I'm not going to sit here and read you a ton of verses about the Holy Spirit, but I did feel led by the Holy Spirit to read you just a few that I think are powerful. Isaiah 11.2 says the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Here's John 14.26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then one more I wanted to bring up. Romans 8, 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Now that's three scriptures of many scriptures. But if you notice the theme in all of those, he helps us in our weakness. He gives us wisdom. He gives us discernment. He gives us understanding. He gives us counsel. Those are all great things that I want access to and I want all of you to have access to as well. So I suspect today's episode either challenged what you might believe to be true about the Holy Spirit and maybe encouraged you to get some of these books and do some research and, you know, open up your mind and heart to receiving him. And then also... I hope it challenged those of you who 
do already know the Holy Spirit and do operate by letting him lead you and guide you and do maybe have a prayer language, it reminds you to activate that. I kind of chuckle, and it's actually a little bit of a joke in our family. If you are on social media at all, you've probably seen that meme that's floated around in about a million different context versions that is, you know, something going wrong, and then a woman singing, holy spirit, activate, activate, you know that one, right? You just, you had a glimpse fly through your brain. I'm sorry, I'm not a singer, but you know, we'll try. And as silly as that is, and it cracks me up every time, there really is a a glimmer of truth in it in that we really need to be tapping in to this powerful source of the Holy Spirit that we have access to. And even myself, as a seasoned, mature believer, sometimes I just need the reminder, oh yeah, I have access to the Holy Spirit who's my helper and my friend and my comforter and my guider. Please, Holy Spirit, come comfort me give me wisdom, whatever it is I need for this day. All right. All right. So that's what I pray that this did for you today. Um, Of course, I have to end just by praying over us and praying that the Holy Spirit would just draw near. So Father God, thank you so much that you sent Jesus to not just die for our sins and give us eternal life, but also just to release the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives. Jesus, thank you for what you did and how you sent the Holy Spirit just to be with us on a daily basis, a moment by moment basis. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here in this place. We humbly ask that you guide us. You give us discernment, you give us strength and wisdom and just guide our footsteps and from the moment we wake up to the time when we lay our heads down open doors only you could have opened in our lives and of course close any doors that need to be closed so in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right well that's all for today uh be sure you're tuning in on monday mornings for those talk therapy episodes and i'll see you back here next time on real talk with rachel